Who's that peeking in my window? Nobody. Who's that peeking in my window? Nobody. Nobody. Nah. Just another sad contradiction. I'm gifted. Lyrically skilled. They call me missus. Beauty is vain, but I don't need no mention. I be in the crib manifesting. It is written. I am like the salt of the earth, the city on the hill, metaphorically diagnosed, I'm sick with it. I don't just spit with it, sometimes it get gritty, and I hit enemy knocking, like the ultimate demise, lies and deception, concealed the agenda, dressed like my brother, clothed like my sister, touched like my friend, but we miss it, eyes closed, ears open, I'm learning to discern through my senses, he sent his minions when I'm focused, disguise his pain, trying to get to where the hope is, the mind is the battlefield, and he knows it, that's why he exposed it, to drugs and lust and all the things that keeps us stuck, and he don't even use ammunition, cause we reloaded, Russian roulette, but gets around our neck, loss of respect, we lynch ourselves. it's deeper than rap, we call it a trap that they willing to die for, hoodie on with his eyes low, and he can't even tell when the high's gone, we conditioned to lows, so freedom just a foreign word that I quote to our quote, who's that peeking in my window? Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here today. What's good, Spoken Soul family? I hope wherever you guys at, that your day or your evening, or your morning is going good for you. I hope you're a better version today than you were yesterday. I hope the people that are around you are inspiring you to be a better version of yourself tomorrow. Welcome Spoken Soul Sessions family. Today we have a great show lined up for you guys today. I have the pleasure of interviewing a poet that I happened to find on Instagram doing my little ones and twos y'all know how I do looking for dope talent so I go on Instagram and this sister she just blows me away her cadence her cadence is everything she reminds me of a female version of Biggie with that style, that presence, that that aura that she delivers. 
Let me give this queen the proper introduction she deserves. I'm talking about none other than Jamala McKenzie. She's been doing spoken word for a couple of years, officially. She was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And her favorite poets is Langston Hughes, Maya Angelou. Her favorite hip hop artist, the great late Tupac Shakur and J. Cole. She goes by the, the name of Jam, which stood out to me. She goes by this name Jam, and we're gonna get into why she named herself Jam. But the name it just is just so befitting. She has a strong passion for poetry. And she feels and she feels that her gift is something that God gave her, whereas she can spread this gift to other people, inspiring them along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome to the Spoken Soul Session Studio, the lovely, the beautiful Jamala McKenzie. Welcome, 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 Queen. Welcome, Queen. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Oh my God. I'm so happy. I'm 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 a fan. I want to let you know that straight off the bat. I am definitely a fan of your work. And ladies and gentlemen, if you heard the piece that was spit in the beginning of the show, this is hers truly. Miss Miss Jamala McKenzie, aka Jam Spoken Word. And do you see what I mean when I say that her presence, her aura, her cadence, it gives you everything that you're looking for in the spoken word artist. So, Miss McKenzie, Queen, tell <laughs> us, please, tell us why poetry? Why spoken word? I feel like words is what connect us on earth. It's a form of communication. Um, and the best form of communication is the one that's able to be able to reach somebody who can understand it. So for poetry, for me, is a way that I use my words to communicate with the world. And I do it in which a way that I feel like is able to grasp their attention, just like music. Music, it lasts longer in our heads. It lasts longer in our minds. So I feel like to get my point across, like I'm really a writer, like I'm a teacher too. So it's like, I like to teach, but then through poetry, it gives me the opportunity to teach with my words yeah definitely like i mean yeah your whole delivery that's what that's what really drew me to you is that your delivery is really amazing you have that powerful cadence that demands attention and i'm, I'm pretty sure you heard this before but your, your cadence it, it draws it draws your audience in so tell us how long you've been doing spoken word I've been doing spoken word roughly, I would say, for about a good 10 years out of my life. I've been really writing. I just really started doing spoken word, actually, like getting on the stage and start speaking for roughly about a year when the pandemic started. I was, you know, um, I use poetry as a form of healing. So I started writing again just to go. I was going through some stuff to heal. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this. And then I end up going because I like poetry myself, so I end up going to some a poetry show, and then I just feel compelled. Somebody did a poem that I really connected to, and I was like, "I'm gonna go up and do it." And ever since then, I just been on that. You know, I'm so happy that you decided to take that journey because this is your calling. 
I can tell that right now. Like I know a lot of different spoken word artists. I've been doing it for for about now about fifteen years strong. Wow. Like going to different cities, performing, you know, recording albums and things of that nature. And certain artists stand out to me. I think I'm a good eye. I have a good eye for talent. And certain artists stand out to me. And the artists that stand out to me the most are the individuals who make who make who make their uh their poem memorable. You know, because I, 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 I've judged a lot of slams before. Cause I, cause I'm, a, I'm a slam baby. I'm a slam baby. Like anybody <laughs> know Poetic Black, they know I slam. But uh, I've judged a lot of slams also. And the, and the poets that stick out to me the most are the individuals who are memorable. It's not just about your cadence alone. It's the message attached to it. And you have all, you have it all. You have the cadence, you have the deep metaphors, you know, that one part you said in that poem about, about they stay low, you know what I mean? They hide, you know what I'm saying? About them not knowing when the high is gone. You know what I'm saying? I thought that was just genius. The way you made that, that simile of, us being on low frequencies, how we stay high, we stay high. However, we're, 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 we're operating on a low frequency. And this is what the music is aimed to do in our community. The music that we listen to the most, they tend to put it in a low frequency to incite certain feelings in us. And, and I, and I really think it's artists like yourself that are needed to make that balance because you can't have all the time just just negativity you got to bring some some form of balance in between and i think you do that i think you do that exceptionally well so <clears throat> excuse me i am a, i'm under the weather a little bit oh, okay, okay but okay. um but let me um let me ask you like where are you from where is this where is this this cadence where do it come from where, where do you represent let us know all right, all right. So I'm from Detroit, uh, Michigan. I was born and raised in Detroit. I lived there all my life until mm. I moved to Tennessee. I'm currently residing in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. But I feel like the cadence is from I really like uh grew up on battle rap. Mm, I <laughs> it's can a tell. thing for me. So uh I always like the rugged, I like the the you know, the aggression at you know, at the same time. So it's like I feel like when I deliver my poems, it's kind of come off aggressive because naturally I'm aggressive, like I'm from I'm from where, you know, <laughs> get a little dirty. You from the D, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, definitely, Queen. You you definitely got that with the with your cadence, and you hear it. You hear it straight off the bat. That's why I think that you would do exceptionally well as a slammer. Have you ever entered the slam circuit? No, no. I went to one slam thing. Um, it was like a couple months ago. Um, I had did one, but I don't really know about slam. Like, I don't know too much about it. Yeah, your cadence make you fearful. Like a poet, if I seen you in the slam and I heard you spit before, I'll be I'll be nervous because yeah, because your cadence is what wakes the crowd up and the crowd will decide who wins. And you have the perfect cadence for slam. Like if if you put your words together and and you spit it the way you spit it, 
you're going to have no choice but to have everybody on the edge of their seat listening. And it's like crazy because that piece in the beginning that you spit, who's that peeking in my window? That's my joint. I rock that joint like two times a day. I want I want, I want you to know that. I'll be going on your page and, I, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll rock that joint like two times a day. That's my joint right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Real rap. That's so love. I want to get, get the audience to get a little taste a little taste of what you do straight live. So let me set up your first piece. Let me, I'm going to play a, I'm going to play a, um, a commercial from one of my sponsors and then give you a little time to set up and then we'll come right back and I'll introduce you and you do your first piece for us. All right. Hello. This is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific, embracing, and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you, his listeners, and all spoken word artists, writers, writers and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are InterChild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.interchildpress.com. Thank you. Coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome for my sister and your sister, Jam Spoken Word. This piece is called Kingdom Men. Kingdom Men Rise. I know you think I'm talking about the ones who quote scriptures and wear bow ties and stand at altars and preach sermons. But not this time. I'm talking about the ones who go outside of the four walls of the church and compel men to come. That one dare let their light be limited to a space and time. Audacious, courageous, mental carrying men who lead in classrooms, courtrooms, bedrooms, willing to provide an intimate space for their wife to confide in. I'm talking about the ones sometimes not heard, but they're about that action. Very hard to describe. Something like what saw me proud and mine is transformed. But if you dare play about what they love, then Peter will come. Wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove, fatherhood is an honor. The ability to demonstrate integrity to be birthed through their lineage for generations to come. You know them by the steps they leave in the mud. Broad shoulders, big backs, used for burning the burdens of their brothers. Solid as they come, concrete like they were. If I can use one word, it'd be heavy. It'd be ready. It'd be hefty. It'd be massive. Never mistaken for master type men. They are the men who master the dexterity of bringing their flesh under subjection. Never subject to the power that desire brings. Laser beam focused street soldiers. They exchange their guns for the power of their tongue type men. They speak life. Proverbs 18 and 21 type men. They learn in their youth that aggression was not a symbol for manhood. They don't tote around their anger. They don't go over taking advantage of what God formed as good. So when they see us throwing tantrums, they understand that is an expression of our need for their affection, not just another contentious woman he covers her head he understands that blessings flows from her womb so he don't inflict wounds that keeps her from producing 
He's a team player. And if we're talking about triple C, double down like Westbrook, ball like Kobe, affiliated with the greats, we can call him Ginobili. He puts faith like his crack. And the greatest thing about his stats is how he grasps the concept of kingdom. So when I say rise, he stands, he demands respect. I honor his plans because it's never personal with him. It's purposeful with him. He be on the Mount Transfiguration with the keys in his hand, took nut on his journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, just truth. So when I see a man of this caliber, I salute. Wow. Wow. We got to get in. Oh, my God, man. We got to get in. We got to get into this. We got to unpack this piece right here. One more time, man. One more time. God. Oh, we got to unpack this one. So tell us, please, where you was at when you wrote this piece? Tell us where your headspace was at. How did this piece come about? So when I was writing this piece, I grew up in the church a little bit. Um, I was started like out uh, recently. Well, maybe a couple years ago when I turned like 20 um, I started out in ministry. Um, I was supposed to begin ordained and all this stuff. So from this piece, I, I through life is like for the church people, when you get into the church, you know, just into that atmosphere. It's like, you know, we only see kingdom men as men, as preachers or men, you know what I mean? But it's like, you don't really understand the real man that's really be accountable, the teachers, the, the mentors, the people that it ain't, they don't wear church as a suit or a face. So it's like, I just wanted to salute the men that I came across in my life that were just real brothers. You know what I mean? Like that's mm. out here. They ain't talking too much. They ain't preaching. They don't want to face, but they doing the work behind it. Um, it really was inspired by my mentor. He ain't my mentor no more, but when I was in church, he was my mentor and he went to jail and he had got, he did about 10 years. He came out after doing about 10 years and he started doing ministry but when he got to church they didn't really accept him because he didn't have that church mm. uh, attitude he was like street but he still loved God and, um, he had started a ministry called um, Kingdom you know what I mean that was the name of his ministry and I was in it and then he used to always go to the streets and do ministry for the streets so he would do a ministry for the drug dealers and stuff. And he still do it to this day. So he don't do church ministry, but he do it to this day. So when I thought when I wrote this poem, I really did it in aspirations to him because he he get out there. He'd be out there. Definitely. So that inspired me to that's, do it. That's dope, man, because that and, and you paying homage to these unsung heroes, these individuals. That's not about because, like, I understand that dynamic exactly. First, my mom, she's a pastor. So I know, I know that church, that church life, you know what I mean? And then me, myself, at one point in time, I was very religious. I was very religious, you know what I mean? But what I did find is that the individuals who were the real ones was the individuals that wasn't afraid to go out in the street and get the individuals who needed that help. Because a lot of times in the church, you got a lot of people who do a lot of things for vanity. Because yes, the culture of the church, it promotes that. It perpetuates that. I got to get ahead. I got to be the one being noticed. I got to be a deacon. I got to be the sister elder or whatever. Everybody's jockeying for positions. So in doing that, it creates a type of environment where it's not sincere. It's just trying to get ahead. And when you find those brothers that don't care about, oh, 
if 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 I can hoop and holler all day, but I'm gonna hit these streets and pull my brothers and sisters out of these slums that need it the most. These individuals that need to be awakened, they need it the most. So these are the individuals, these are the real ones. These are the unsung heroes that go unnoticed for the pastors, the slick talking pastors, you know what I mean? The slick, the slick. Um, um, dressing deacons and all that stuff And they always come at the individuals Who are sincere I always say when you're dealing with religion Religion is just the way That people take advantage of individuals Who are sincere Their sincere love for God Because people will take advantage of you In religion You dig what I'm saying yes. And, it's, yes. and, and it's crazy <laughs> But I, I love that poem man That poem, that poem is, is very is it's it's very informative, you know. It's very informative, but at the same time, it let us brothers know that our work that we're doing out here is not going unnoticed. Somebody notice it, and that's all that matters. As long as it's affecting and changing or affecting change in someone's life, that's all that really matters. But that piece right there is fire, Queen, and and it's your it's your cadence and your delivery, man, that that pulls it all together. That pulls it all together. I don't want to be selfish, but I need another one. I need another one. I need another one. Let's let's, let's what you call. It. Let's set this stage back up, and we gonna get you go two two back to back. But you gonna do just one right now. But this, you know what I'm saying? We gonna talk a bit. But I, I gotta hear another piece. So coming okay. back to the stage, give another round of applause for my sister, Miss Jam, spoken word. Okay, this piece is called Brown Skin Girls. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. I'm gonna find you, says the indoctrinated little boy who sat next to my baby girl. Only six, there are six letters in her name, meaning God has answered. But I needed God to explain why she had to learn what it meant to be black at the age of six. My brown girl had to learn that colors don't only fit on pages. They exist in first grade rooms in the mouths of little boys who think brown skinned girls are dummies. He said, I didn't know whether to be angry or sad, whether to fight with my fist or my head. What do you tell a mother? The giver of all life out of her womb, there's a womb in her soul to advocate for her baby girl. It's a gift to be gifted with the heart of a child, yet a curse to the impressionable mind who see is in his self-yielding fruit after his kind, ugly and full of hate. And all I can hear is his parents' voice saying they are dummies, barely old enough to count but understand when brown mixes with white, you get beige, which is just a lighter brown, so there's nothing you can do to dilute brown out. So imagine being told, we'll move his seat, Miss McKenzie, and make sure he's reprimanded. Just another way white people wave around white privilege. They see it as just little Johnny acting out, not knowing what occurred. Was my daughter's identity being stirred in the power? What if I don't articulate every word? Would I fit or would I have to change every verb to become their version of a black girl with sense? Working harder than ever just to prove that black girls are not dummies. Only later to realize that black girls are exhausted. Awarded for being allowed into rooms where not wanted. Always striving for the acceptance. Going over and beyond the call of duty just to prove that we're good enough. Finding ourselves in cycles of our need to do more. I sat there quietly. As I listened to her, you words like diversity, inclusion. To try to convince me not to lose it. The issue was small to them. They didn't lose sleep. They couldn't feel my heart as a beat. The pound of reality that I couldn't be there to protect my baby girl from knowing. And when this world vicious blows, that it hit in low places. We spend our lives trying to recover from the stench of low places. I'm stuck in between a decision that has me in a low place like 
Let it go because where's she going to go while you go to work? Searching for alternatives. Frustrated I can't just uproot and leave. Like if I don't make a point there, see my baby girl as just another face with no voice. Just another Brianna Taylor in a room she shouldn't have been. Just another Trayvon Martin who died for covering his head. Just another Tamir Rice who couldn't play with toy guns. And in that moment, I understood a glimpse of the mother's pain, knowing my hands was not big enough to shield my baby girl from being just a little girl who was told by just a little boy that brown skinned girls are dummies, he said. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Oh my God. Yeah, we need it. We got to talk about that one more time. One more time. My goodness, man. This poem, this poem right here resonates. Cause I have a I have a four-year-old daughter who's who's just starting school. She's in pre-K now. And uh these are some of the apprehensions and some of the fears that I that I go through. You know, that when she's gonna meet that reality that your outside appearance, it matters. You know, and people would treat you differently. I want to protect her from that, that knowledge so bad, but there's nothing you can do. So this poem that, that you just spit, man, it, re it really resonates with me. Wow. That's, it's, it's profound. So tell us, like you, you said a little bit about the backstory behind this, but give us a little bit more about the, the making of this poem right here. Okay. Um, so my daughter is six. She came home to me one day and we just, you know, doing a normal mommy daughter, um, just talking, how was your day at school, whatever, how's everything going? And she was like, yeah, it was going, but this little boy in my, in my class, um, he don't like me, he be, be being mean to me. And I said, oh, what are you doing? You know, I'm just thinking it's the regular, you know, um, back and forth. And then she was like, uh, he said that I'm dumb. I said, what he say? He said, "My, because I'm brown skin, I'm dumb. Wow. And I was like, what do you mean brown skin? What color? You know, I never talked to my kids about racism just yet. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't want them to go in pinpointing being racist themselves, even though we can't be a racist. But you get what I'm saying? I didn't want them to mm -hmm. be such aware because they so young. So it's like I was going to have that talk, but I guess I should have had it a little earlier than I expected. But mm. so she told me that and I was and I was hurt because it was like. Jesus, like, you know, I wasn't expecting that from a six-year-old, the way she broke it down. She knew, she said, no, my skin is brown. And no, his skin is not brown. He, um, what she say? His skin is light. He's like, he has like light skin. And you know, she just mm. telling me, and she's like, yeah, this is what he said. He didn't say it to her more than one time. Wow. Was he, was he a Caucasian child or was he a light-skinned child? No, he was white. But wow. she didn't know the difference. You know, wow. she don't know that it's called white. But, um, yeah, he was white. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy, man. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, see, in New York, where I'm from, the schools are predominantly black. You know uh, what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're predominantly black. So white people that come into school are the minority, where the school, the schools in my district so it's a different dynamic but you you said you live in tennessee so i can imagine that the diversity in tennessee is way more advanced. it's predominantly yeah, white it's predominantly yeah, so white she got two kids three kids two kids in her class as black her and another girl everybody else in her class is white it's white exactly yeah. so I, I i i could imagine that it changes everything you know and it's it's crazy man that we got to try to shield our our children from this Wow, man. But th this that poem is definitely an incentive 
for parents to have that talk with their children yes. you know to really have that talk with their children let them understand that because my daughter if i if i say to my daughter say it loud <laughs> she gonna say she gonna say i'm black and i'm proud and she's only four you know what i'm saying I, I instilled that into her because i want her to know and be proud of who you are there's nothing wrong with you there is nothing wrong with your skin your skin is rich melanin is the key to life if you don't believe me if you go to the stock exchange you can see they sell melanin i think it's like 389 dollars a gram a gram so they hate you for being you I, I wrote a poem and i said that they curse you for the they curse us for the black in us and then profit off our pain let me hear it Go ahead. Oh, you want to hear that piece? Yeah, uh, I, do. I, I don't have that. Uh, I, I don't know if I. I don't know if I even got that piece like to memory. Well, I got it to memory, but I haven't. I haven't spit it in a while. So you know, when you're doing the the circuit and all that, you you put certain rotations of poems in your in your you know in your library. I didn't spit that piece in a minute, but what you can do, I do have that piece on SoundCloud. I do have that piece on SoundCloud. It's called um it's called Black Pain. It's called Black Pain. I wish I had the verse right right now and I would spit it for you. But uh you can check that on my SoundCloud, but it's definitely up. It's a dope piece though. Mm -hmm. And and it's talking about that. Like the stuff that we go through, man. The stuff that we go through as a people. The stuff that we go through as a people that that other people can't even imagine things that they take for granted you know like getting stopped by the police like you driving in a car and you get pulled over by the police if your skin is a certain color there's a risk that you may not make it home that's and, that, and that's a real risk it's not like oh this is yeah you're exaggerating and oh you're just being so uh uh you're being so crazy about it. it's not that serious no it is that serious for us because we don't get the benefit of the doubt and that's the thing that that we lack. We lack the benefit of the doubt. Everyone else have the benefit of the doubt. If something's going on and the police come automatically, if they're white, OK, slow up. Let's see what's going on. But when the when when the perpetrator is allegedly black, shoot to kill. You know, shoot to kill. And they, we're treated so much different. We're treated so much more different than our other counterparts and it's crazy but that poem right there is absolutely phenomenal my sister phenomenal i don't know how you ain't no big slam champion in tennessee i don't know how <laughs> you ain't the grand champion in tennessee your cadence alone man you get busy you really get busy and you said you only you only came back to doing the spoken word a year now yeah, it's ain't even really been a year. It was been like probably six, seven months. A, a wow. good six, seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, uh, I feel like you know what I mean. Like it's a, it's God's gift mm -hmm. when it's when God is giving it to you. Even when you retire it or you put it away, is always in you. Mm -hmm. And I don't do it from the place of trying to sound like the best. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't try to write to sound like the best, like, or even to try to have catchy phrases. Like, because mm -hmm. sometimes I can find myself doing that. I stop and I erase it because I'm like, this is not about that. You know what I mean? Like, this is not about having the best bars that mm -hmm. I can come out with and make it sound the dopest. This is about relaying a message that I feel like through my life, you know, I experienced a lot of stuff and like, I feel like I ain't go through this just to shut up. You know what I mean? I'm not going to let the enemy shut me up. That's right. And I've been through too much. So it's just be like, so I just try to put it in my poetry as best as possible for others to kind of understand it, but make it, you know, make it sound good at the same time. But 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you definitely achieved that because what I get from your spoken word, I get that realness. I get that authenticity of the message. And that's what make it hit more. No, I know a poet is dope when they give me when they give me the goosebumps. When I get goosebumps from something you say, now I'm 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 all in now. I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? Because it resonates. And and you can tell that's what your your aim is. Your aim is to get the message across. And it's not about being vain. But even in doing that, your cadence and everything together, when you meld it all together, is it 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 gives you the perfect product. The perfect product. And definitely, I want to do a I want to do a collaboration with you. Yes, yes, I yes. definitely want to do a collaboration. I heard you um, on the thing, but I ain't really heard you. I ain't heard like you know I ain't going watch you, but I heard you on that one day with that girl. I think I don't know her name. If you might know her, uh, Summer Rose, the poet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And I really, I, that that little interview you did, that was it. It touched me deeply. I had left there like, yeah, yeah. It That's, hit me. I appreciate yeah, but, you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely. appreciate you, but yeah, definitely, Queen. Like. You're definitely there. Like you're, you're my, you're on the list of my up and coming artists, individuals that I want to do collabs with. Like people know I do a lot of collabs, but you, another sister named Jane, um, Ray Jane. I don't know if you're familiar with Ray Jane, but Ray Jane and you and Ray Jane remind me of each other, but y'all like polar opposites, but y'all cadence is what drew me to y'all. It, it was your cadence. Like your cadence is more of a, when I listen to you, I hear, yo, put some biggie on. That's some big, yo, throw some biggie on and we going to vibe out to some biggie. You dig what I'm saying? And then her cadence is more like a, a Maya Angelou, but it's, it's like, it's so rustic. It's so, it's so gritty, but it's so beautiful. And you two artists, both of you guys are, are the two number one artists that I was just drawn to when I heard your work. You know, and I definitely had to get you on the show because that Detroit, that Detroit thing is all up in you, man. You can you can feel that, man. I seen you put some battle rap up on your on on you watch Summer Madness because I was watching. So I see you put a little clip of Summer Madness on your on, on your page and all that. What do you think about them battles? What do you think about? Let me. We gonna go off script for a minute. I want to okay. get you. I want to get you. I get your opinion on two battles. I, okay. I, I want to know what you thought about that. That uh. John John and Sue okay. Surf, and, and what you thought about that was hot. Yeah, was hot. <laughs> and what you thought about K Shine and 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 uh and Hollow. Oh Hollow, uh man, man, I went to Summer Madness. I was there. Oh, you was there. You was in the yeah, building. Yeah, oh yeah. my so god, <laughs> it was man, it was live. Uh, I liked it the John John better the best. I feel like. They pulled from a good place, like you know what I mean. They pulled from a place of, like they came to do what they came to do, mm. and they and they delivered. You know what I mean? Indeed. Like it, they delivered it so well, man. Yeah, that joint was crazy because that that was the battle I was anticipating the most. John, John and Surf. That was my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. because I, I the beef between them was crazy. <laughs> so I really wanted to see how that was gonna come. I thought that Surf was gonna get bodied, but in the in the room it seemed like he won. In he the, did it, win. He, he won. won in the room. You know he what I mean? Won. But I was a little biased. I gave because I was like, I was like, I wanted John John to win that for real, for real. I was trying to look at every angle and say, yo, John John got it 2-1. But it's definitely 2-1 surf. I'll yeah, give it to him. Yeah. I, I, I keep it real. 2-1 surf. He had the performance that night, but the crowd really wasn't ooh, feeling ooh, John yes. John. It wasn't, they wasn't really feeling him. And then yeah. what about the hollow 
and the K Shine. What you think? What you thought about that battle? Man, man, everybody was going for K Shine because you know you from how he is. I just thought he was gonna come deliver, but he didn't deliver. Mm. And I don't know what it was that he didn't deliver. Maybe he was nervous. I can't mm-hmm. really pinpoint what it was, but he didn't come like I thought he was gonna come. I was surprised. I feel like Hollow won. Yeah, he definitely opinion. won that. In my opinion, he won that also. Yeah. But yeah. K Shine, what I thought that happened. K-Shine going against Hollow. Hollow's a different type of battle. So K-Shine coming, being all aggressive. That's what he needed to do. He he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. However, the fact that Hollow is so calm with it, and he can switch it down, and he'll make you look like you're irate and out of control, and he's calm and cool and make you look bad. And that's what he did, because Hollow's a vet. Hollow's a vet, without a doubt. He's he is a vet. A vet. I feel that. like he he did what he came to do, and I feel like maybe Kayshawn, it was a good experience for him, because I really thought he was going to win. Everybody thought Kayshawn was going to win, but yeah, definitely. no, he but, didn't. But you definitely in the club, man. You come to New York, you come to Brooklyn, you come to New York, you can roll with the compo. You can definitely <laughs> come and roll with the composition, and we can chill, watch battles and all that. That's what we do. <laughs> Because I, I watch battles all the time. What you think about the Calico, though? You know, that's why I went. See, I was Calico, so and about the Calico and Geechee. Yeah, that Calico and Geechee. I thought that, I see, I thought Geechee was going to, Geechee was going to wash Calico. I Me thought he was going to wash him, but it wasn't a wash. It mm-hmm. wasn't a wash. I give it 2-1 Geechee. I think it was a 2-1 Geechee, but Calico is debatable. It can go either way. It's debatable because I thought he was definitely going to get washed, but Calico came to, he came to rap. He definitely came to rap. But yeah, that's dope though, man. Cause I was at Summer Madness uh nine. I was at nine. It was I in New to, York. It was in New York. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, at nine. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. joint was crazy. That joint was crazy. The line from from the beginning. I was out there since like seven in the morning on the line waiting, waiting, I waiting. Do it again. <laughs> that joint crazy. <laughs> but I definitely know that battle rap because that's what that is. It's spoken word. That's that's what we do. What they do, they they label it as battle rap. But what we what they do is actually what we do. It's spoken word in its truest form because it's not based on bars alone. It's based on performance. It's based on your 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 cadence and things of that nature. It's not like you just putting a beat on and you just rapping over the beat. This is different. It's exactly what we do. Spoken word. So I, I love the battle rap scene. I love the way that it it has evolved to what it has evolved to because I've been watching it for years, like pretty much since it began. And mm-hmm. um and right now is at a is at a great place. And I think that's a good look for spoken word artists. I think it's definitely a good look for us. You know what I'm saying? Because no music, just your voice. You can get paid. They getting paid now. Because before, when I was watching the battles, they was yeah, he said 50, 50. They used to get, I remember these battle rappers used to get 1500 because I know a few of them. I know a few of them personally, like Math, uh, um, Cortez. Like Cortez used to come to my restaurant and get food from my restaurant when I was working downtown Brooklyn all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like I know Core and Math. I got pictures with both of them. And I used to go to their battles and all that. But where's that now? They used to get paid what fifteen hundred, two thousand for a battle, five racks for a battle. Now they getting twenty, thirty, forty racks for a battle. I think is a beautiful thing. Salute mm-hmm. to that black man that creating this this avenue or this stream of income that so many of our brothers and sisters can use to eat and get their families out of poverty. I, I salute that brother definitely. 
But so my, you cook? You had a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a chef by trade. I'm a chef by oh. trade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really get busy. Like, you know how people say, yo, oh, I'm a chef. Nah, I really do get busy. I do that. But poetry is my passion, you know, so okay. I do spoken word also. So between the two of them, you know, I do both of them professionally. So definitely, definitely a chef, though. You can check out some pay, some stuff that I got on on um facebook or whatever i got pictures up there some some of the stuff that i make sometimes i just make stuff and just put it up there and let people see whatever the case may be but yeah but uh we got to get into some more your spoken word you got you you owe me two more pieces so you know what i'm saying let me get this let, let me set the stage for you again coming back to the stage let's give a warm warm round of applause for my my sister Miss Jam, spoken word. Okay, I call this your know, amen. We'll settle it. Um, I recently just wrote this. You probably heard this one too. Um, but it's that's what it's called. I'm gonna go ahead. The daunting doom of yesterday got you feeling like you can't make it. Intrusive thoughts of pain, anxiety has a face and it ain't joker. Got you feeling like you can't shake it. Society cup is filled with judgment so we close our mouth and fill our hearts with leftover plates of food that was hard to digest just to prove to a world that we can take it. Bozeman type thinking. Can imagine all the time he spent sinking? A community of gluttons. We stuff ourselves with pain. We silence ourselves because there's not many we trust. And when we do, there's a part of us that feel others don't understand enough. So it's better this way. In turn, we turn hollow tips to our head, dig our own graves. Headstone reads, I got myself tight. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I got myself tight thinking. Bob the Builder, can he fix it? Yes, I can. When you should have said no. Afraid to move our hand because we always trying to fix ourselves. Bandage a plan together because we're afraid to wear a band-aid. We fear pain. Forgetting that fear is a viral response. Now your body's at work and a part of your brain that harms reason is delayed. No wonder why your judgment be off. So you flee what you feel because you don't want to feel anymore. Forgetting that pain is the beginning of understanding. It's sensation sends messages to the brain to locate where you are. It takes pain to heal. That's why you don't know who you are. You numb your pain with negative self-talk. Trying to convince yourself that you don't need a soul for getting that feet. Needed toes to walk, so you walk and hold, because you didn't cut your feelings off. You talk to yourself so much, your thoughts are on repeat. That's why you don't get no sleep, just nightmares of survival. That's why it's hard to live out dreams, because you're always exhausted by tomorrow. And trust me, if nobody don't feel you, my dog, I feel your sorrow. I feel you so much that my gut responds. My tear ducts don't stop until I get a word from God for your season. Hoping that we can reason together. I wasn't sent here for no reason. This ain't about being creative or making words that sound persuasive. I write my life in these pages. I revealed myself once controlled by fear, but I no longer proofread myself. I learned that faith speaks a better word. So when I speak to myself, I manifest what is in heaven here on earth. Like love is my portion and I should eat the fruit of it. I don't let no good thing because he supply all my needs. He keep my mind in perfect peace. I know who I am, so I ain't begging for no king. It say a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. I am favored. I am favored. So when I knock, the door opens. I ain't wasting no time trying to labor for what's mine. It's a divine situation. I forgive because I'm forgiven. So I don't waste no time hating. I clap loud for my friends. They hear me in the basement. In 
when I wrote this prayer, this was my only prayer that you hear me. Feel me clearly. This is for you, my dear friend. Yeah, this piece right here, I heard you spit this piece. I forgot what show you were on, but I heard you spit that piece, man. And it was like, wow, you are favored. That that piece right there, man, I know your significant other appreciates you. I hope he do. I hope he do, man, because you are a Jew. To have a, a, a sister who think along those lines. You know, because that is our piece. You know, men, men don't realize, like I tell people all the time, I was like, listen, I said, men are like horses and women are like the riders of the horse, you know? And sometimes we get, we get our signals crossed because if a, you got a strong woman, I ain't going to use the word strong. You have a good woman because a lot of times we get we when it, when we talk about a black woman, oh, the strong black woman, a strong black woman. I'm not talking about because her femininity, the black woman's femininity needs to be praised also. And 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 they are very feminine. And when you find uh as a man, when you find a woman that can speak positive affirmations in your ear, it makes all the difference in the world. Like you have some sisters who would drive a man right off the cliff. They're driving. Like a man got that drive. He got that He got that energy to go get it. But he needs direction. He needs to be guided. He needs to know when to be slow, when to be fast. You know what I mean? And when you look at that, that analogy, you know, dealing with our sisters, man, a lot of times we get things mixed up and crossed and we don't get on the same page. But that is the essence of our survival. Is in our queen. It's in our queen. Black union. It's, it's in the union between us. Everybody else, you know, they have no problems coming together, procreating, you know what I'm saying, coexisting together and being fruitful together. But it's always when it comes to the black man and the black woman, why is it always some type of no miscommunication. Oh, she's too strong. Oh, or or he's too weak or whatever the case may be. It's always something dealing with each other. You know what I mean? But I think definitely, you know, the sentiment behind that poem is is needed for people to listen to because behind every great man or every good man or every man that's worth any type of substance, he has a strong queen behind him. He has somebody that's helping him along the way. And and I think a lot of times we don't we don't really express that to our queen. So I appreciate you, my sister, for the for writing that poem and you know really delivering that sentiment to us. Dope piece. Dope, dope, dope piece, man. Phenomenal piece. So yeah, man. So you've been doing spoken word for only a year now. So I, I reckon if from this time right here, from when this show airs to about another year from now. You know what I mean? I should be seeing you on TV one or, or, you know what I'm saying? The lyric, the, the lyrics lounge or something, you know what I mean? Something because my sister, you really got something. And, and I'm not just saying that because if you was whack, I would tell you in a roundabout way that you was whack, but you're not whack. And, and, and when you're not whack, you know what I mean? You're going to hear it from me that you have something. So I, I like, I really want you to go full throttle with your words, man, because you really have something to offer. I haven't heard a whack piece from you yet. 
I haven't heard a whack piece from you yet. And that, you know what I'm saying? I'm waiting. You know what I mean? I'm waiting to hear the whack piece. <laughs> I haven't heard a whack piece from you yet. And you know what I mean? That's dope. And you need to really, like, really go in. Do you have an album out yet? No, I haven't. I'm really just starting back writing. Like, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm just trying to get my pen back to work. Mm. You know, when you ain't wrote in a long time, you you know, you got to get back into the habit of writing all the time, get Mm. writers block out you know sometimes you, I'm busy as well I have three kids I'm a mother mm. so it's like I'm you know my time is very limited so I'm trying to push my pen first before I try to go out and be all public mm. I want to be well diverse I want to be able to remember like I'm having a hard time remembering um, my poems mm. so I'm trying to work on that where I can be able to do it from memory I'm trying to work on just work on myself I'm not really I trying to give push you a, myself I'll out give there. you a good a good tip for memorizing okay. your poetry. Now, if you memorize, like, let me ask you a question first. When you write your poems, do you type them or do you write them? Uh, I type them. Exactly. Yeah. So if you type in your poems, this is the hardest time to memorize when you type. But when you write your poems out, trust me when I tell you. Like, I'm notorious for writing a poem today and tomorrow go spit that joint live on stage. You know what I'm saying? And it's because of writing. When you write what you write down, it sticks more than if you're typing. Because I notice if I'm typing a poem out, like if I'm transcribing some of my poems or whatever, and I'm typing it out, I can just go way fast. It's nothing really there. But when I'm writing them, I feel everything. When I get to that point of, I remember how I wrote it. I wrote it like this. Da, 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 da. It goes in my head. It, it just it just really works. It really works. And you know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, if you write your poems out, even if you type them out first initially, but go back and write them. When you want to memorize them, write them out. And I okay. guarantee you, as you write them out, you start to see the pages as you perform. So that's a, that's a quick tip that you can use to Thank like you. really, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But definitely, Queen, man, like me and you definitely got to get in the lab. We got to yeah. get in the lab and we got to we got to collab on something. I don't know what the topic going to be yet, but I know it's going to be dope. I know it's going to be something uplifting, prolific and conscious. And uh, I'm going to try to keep up with you. I'm going to try to keep up with you. Okay. Man. I'm gonna definitely try to keep up with you. But you are definitely a phenomenal artist. And I really, I really want to support you in any way I can. You know what I'm saying? Like your SoundCloud, you have a SoundCloud out or anything? I don't have anything out yet. Yeah. I'm looking for a mentor to kind of help me. Definitely. So I am I'm, looking for that. I'm here. I'm here for you, Queen. Anytime. Yeah, I'm definitely I, looking for that. I am definitely here for you, man. Anything you need, man. If you ever in the New York area and you want to get in the studio, you hit me up. If you in NY, you can definitely hit me up, man. And definitely, man, you got a friend in New York. You definitely got a friend. And I really want to see your spoken word reach as many people as I can. That's why I did this spoken word, this um this platform, because I have artists that are well known. If you if you go to the archives and see some of the shows I put out, I got some artists that are very well known. But then I, I got art Yeah, I got artists that that you don't know about yet. And that's my and that's my my aim is to get them out there, man, because your words need to be heard. And if you're appearing on this show, trust and believe you have something. You have something because I would have not offered you or invited you to come on the show if I knew you were going to be whack. I know my audience is loving this and they're enjoying your poem. So that's a perfect segue for us to get into your final piece. Let's get into your final piece and you can pick any piece you want. It can be as long as you want. 
your choice. Just do you. I'm going I'm to put this thing on mute and I'm going to absorb what you're going to say. Let me set the stage back for you, my queen. Coming back to the stage for her final piece. I want to give a warm, warm, warm round of applause for my sister and your sister, Miss Jam, spoken word. This piece is called Grief. I contemplated what words would fill this space. No syllables will be enough to express my distaste. I'm sitting here crying on this page, trying to conceptualize why I had to watch you die. Why I had to watch you lie there, gasping for breath. Now my only memory of you left is death, and I can't shake the feeling that I'm next. And who's left? I'm suddenly afraid to connect, because every time I lose someone else, I feel like I lost a part of myself, and there are only a few pieces left. So I convince myself that it's best. While I laugh with others, I will never let them in. I will never let them touch these steel car bars remain up. I feel numb. They say it's trauma. I recollect, maybe it's the pain from my mama. Years of abuse watching her use the very thing she used to neglect us. As she remained high, I had sobering eyes, stuck with memories that stole my purity, yet I'm still just a little girl who never had the chance to grow up. I just adjust. Now that I'm older, it spills over in them tantrums I be throwing, wishing I was heard, wishing I was seen, spent years of my life seeking validation when all it took was for my daddy to call me queen. But he suddenly called. But I feel no love at all, I call it grief. Have you ever felt what it means to love someone who's alive, but you had to part ways as if they died? That's what I mean. This next part, I call it Sean. He said he loved me with his heart, his soul, and his mind. He was the only friend that I ever shared my fears with. I cried so many tears with. Came in my life at a time I was losing my mind. Stumbling in my faith, we crossed paths. I call it faith. So when he left, I couldn't understand how he sat in my face and said he understood my pain. It was grief turned to hate. And we don't speak much these days, but I'm moving on, trying to find the remote control to my emotions, bargaining with my intellect to stay focused. Some days I'm okay, but some days not at all. I stare at walls and throw shoes, trying to find drugs to abuse to feel how I'm supposed to, or not at all. Is it better to forget or slip into a place that don't exist because it fit, it seems like it fixed the fixture that was them? Wishing I could call to heaven and reminisce about the times that we spent. Like you remember when we used to put my hair back in the ponytails to the back, back then I thought it was whack. But I realized it was the immense love that you had. When you left, I couldn't understand why God would take a man who carried the world on his back. My first friend, I cling to you like you were all that I had left. You was my mother and my father. And when you left, it left a hole in me. And now I'm attached to shit that be consoling me. Like Dick, whole time he think it's him. Whole time I'm just stuck in the moment when we fucked. Because it allowed me to release and I ain't released in so long. That pent up anger had me tripping on folks who mean me no harm. Damn, I've been grieving for so long. Not even realized I was dying myself until God said no more. I picked up this pen and realized everybody got a sad story. So I wasn't going to let nobody tell mine for me. Wow. Wow. One more time. Oh Y'all heard that piece right there, man. Grief. Whoo. That's a mean, that's a mean joint right there, man. You, you, you taking it. Oh man. You letting everything out, man. That, that piece right there is phenomenal. My sister. Wow, man. You feel that pain. You feel that anguish, man. You feel everything in that piece, but it's so real in your face. So real in your face, man. I applaud you, my sister. Your words are so powerful, man. I really believe that your words are are here 
to heal. Like, I really believe that, man, because there's so many poems I heard you spit that resonate with me. You know, things that I can just, you know, just ponder about and just find some type of clarity about, man. And your words, it really do it. You need to put out a CD, audio book or anything. You know what I mean? Like you got your poems. You can you can easily put that together. An audio book, man, I'll be the first one to purchase it. And I'm telling you, man, your words are, are definitely healing. Your, your words are definitely needed in our community to uplift us, man. Because you, everything you talked about is just right on point. That grief piece is, is phenomenal. Man. So it's, that was the first piece that I wrote when I started writing poetry. Began um, in the beginning of January 2021, uh, the 17th. Well, um, we threw my sister 30th birthday. She got killed. Mm. at her birthday party wow. and we had to watch her die and it was and, wow, it, and so it affected me so much because it was like I was we in the middle of a pandemic you know we going through things you know we didn't went through death before it wasn't my first time experiencing it but uh, mm. I didn't I didn't um, I didn't grieve mm. so it was like when I wrote that it was my time to grieve you know what I mean? Yeah, it was me uh, grieving mm-hmm. through my pen. Like God was forcing me, like, you got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, you got to deal with it. Definitely. So I wrote that, you know, like in remembering and memory of her. So I feel like, you know, it pushed me to start writing poetry again. So that's how I started writing poetry again. That was my first piece right there. Oh, my God, man. That yeah. should be that should be the first piece on the album. That should be the debut piece right there on the album, man. You know, honor your sister. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's so that's so crazy, man. And it's wow, man. But that piece, that piece right there was everything, my sister. I I definitely thank you for coming on the show. I definitely want to have you back on the show when we release when we release our our collaboration because I'm definitely gonna give you my my personal number. And we're going to work on a collab, man. We're definitely going to work on a collab together, man. I think you are official. I think you are dope. And I think that you're needed. You're really needed in our community. And I'm so happy that you've embarked upon this because you you belong. You really do belong. You really do. So I want to thank you for coming. I want to I wanna urge all of my guests to go out and try to find her somewhere. If you could just go to her Instagram. What's your Instagram? Is Jam Spoken, right? Jam Spoken. Go to her Instagram. She has a ton of stuff on her Instagram. Little short poems and, and, and little pieces that she do. And they're all fire. Until she get her SoundCloud up and going. Because we going to work on getting her a SoundCloud. She definitely got to get a SoundCloud popping. And uh, y'all go check her Instagram out. And trust me, man, you guys will not be disappointed. She got thought-provoking pieces, you know, really thought-provoking pieces, heartfelt pieces, pieces that you can identify with. So I definitely want you guys to go check her out. And I want to remind my audience to also, when, uh, you know, if you're trying to get your book out, you're trying to get your poetry out, to go hit my guys up at Inner Child Press. For you first time novelists, first time, you know, chat books or whatever type of um, poetry book you want to put out. Inner Child Press is doing a promotion associated with the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast. If you use the promo code Spoken Soul, soul is spelled S-O-L, 
you get 10% off all of the packages they have available. And they have packages ranging from 400 all the way to 4,000. Very comprehensive packages. And these guys do good work. Black-owned business. You know, Bill is a pillar of our community. You know, he's been doing this for over 60 years. And uh, he really cares about the art. So if you guys are looking to get out your book, definitely go check out Inner Child Press. They're giving a 10% discount. And I want to urge you guys, hit me up at Spoken Soul Sessions with your comments. Hit me up with links where I can go find your work. And I'll spotlight you on the show. You know, hopefully I can get you on the show, actually. But I will spotlight you on the show. So I want you guys to always remember to reinforce positive affirmations of one another. When you look at each other, see the best in each other. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. We're all dealing with the same struggle. We're all dealing with the same oppression. So we can all stand together in that. So I want to remind you guys, always love each other. Love yourselves. Spread this love. Spread positive affirmations. I want to thank my guest, Miss the Beautiful. I mean, she's so beautiful. I wish you guys can see us. The beautiful Jamela McKenzie, a.k.a. Jam Spoken. She's dope. You know, please go follow this sister wherever you can follow her at. I will put her, her uh, Instagram in the description when this podcast drops please go out and support this sister man because her words are healing out there and we need healing until next time i want to remind you to love each other always speak your soul and i hope you love me because i love you peace